Well, we have taken a break from the Through the Bible series, and I have just felt an urge to speak to you on the importance of the church in your life. We welcome those of you that are watching online. And last week, I began this series by talking about believing in God's church, the importance that you believe in God's church. Why should you believe in God's church? Because this book says it's the only hope of the world. There is no other hope than the church of Jesus Christ. No parachurch ministry, no nonprofit, no nothing is a hope. We're grateful for all those nonprofits, but they are not the hope of the world. The church of Jesus Christ is the hope. And I said it is your responsibility to make sure the church that you belong in believes what this book says. Because a lot of churches are what we call cultural church. As the cultural changes, the church changes. And yet we believe this book never changes. It is the eternal word of God, and it actually existed before we existed. Did you know that? Always has been, always will be, will be in eternity. It never changes. And so what I began to do last week is look at one primary doctrine that can help you decide whether you belong in a genuine church or a false church. You remember the riddle I gave you? I said, if you call a dog's tail a leg, how many legs does the dog have? Four. Just because you call a tail a leg, don't make it a leg. Just because you call the church, don't make it a church. Just because a church has a cross, it doesn't make it a church. Just because a Christian says they're a Christian doesn't make them a Christian. Are you with me? So you have to come back to the foundational principle of the church of Jesus Christ, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a gospel of grace and grace alone. Nothing you can do can get you to heaven except believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so today's title, if you want to put it up there, I want to talk to you about belonging in God's church. And we're going to talk about the benefits and the importance. I was telling the children this morning, you know, there's just nothing like going to church and how your week goes easier. How many figure that out? You're just, the week goes easier. And, you know, sometimes you just can't go to church. Emergency happens. And, but still, whatever prevents us from going to church, the week doesn't still go smooth. It just doesn't go smooth. And so I want to talk to you about belonging in God's church. You can turn, if you would, in Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, before we read the text today, let me just do a quick review. Let's go to the two parts I said to you. We believe there are two parts of a Christian's life. Two parts. Don't get it confused. A lot of Americans only believe one part. And they only believe parts of this book too. But there are two parts of the Christian life. The first part is believing in Jesus the Christ. All right? Not Jesus the Mormon Christ, not Jesus the Seventh-day Adventist Christ, not Jesus the Jehovah Witness Christ, not Jesus the Muslim Christ. How many know Second Ephesians 11, 1 to 4, says there's more than one Jesus? Didn't know that, huh? Do you know there's more than one gospel? Second Corinthians 11, 1 to 4. Do you know there's more than one spirit? Just because someone gets emotional doesn't mean that's the Holy Ghost. You've got to discern. And so we're talking about the Jesus as we see in the Scripture. 
Now, what is believing in Jesus the Christ? Jesus the Christ is the only one who can restore our relationship back to God the Father by having a righteousness. No one goes to heaven. No one has fellowship with God. No one can be back in a relationship with God the Father without a righteousness. Jesus said, Matthew 5.48, in the Sermon on the Mount, be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, that's impossible. That's right. It is impossible. You need someone who lived a perfect life, a perfect righteousness, and that person is Jesus the Christ. Amen? And when you put your faith in him, he restores our relationship back with God the Father. Now let's look at Romans chapter 3, the next scripture. This scripture beautifully tells us what believing in Christ, the first part of the Christian life, does for us. But now the righteousness of God, the perfection of God, the holiness, everything that God demands from you, apart from the law, apart from your works, apart from you trying to earn it, is revealed, being witnessed by the law of the prophets, even the righteousness of God. How? Through faith in Jesus Christ to all and upon all who believe. For there is no difference between red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight. Red and yellow, black and white, they're all sinners in his sight. There is no difference for, say it with me, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You all have a, a, a righteousness that is not good enough. Jesus is the only one who can give that. And so when you believe in Jesus, he comes in you. You don't come to church and start doing a bunch of do's and don'ts. All right? You're saved when someone can say, is Christ in you? If you don't know if Christ is in you, you're not saved. Is Christ in you? Christianity is the only religion where our God dwells in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not? You are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And when Christ is in you, you know it. You know it. Now, it's important that we understand this and that we have that righteousness. Let me quote to you scripture. 1 John 1, 5. John, one of the apostles of Christ, he writes, This is the message we have heard from him, and we declare to you that God is light. In him is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with God the Father, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You see, just because you say God is light and I'm walking with him, that don't mean Christ is in you. Because if you say I'm a Christian, you do not the truth, you're a liar. And not only is your fellowship with God broken because you don't have the righteousness of God in Christ, but you know what else it causes problems? When your vertical relationship is not correct with God, it affects your horizontal relationship. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Amen. Amen. So now let's, let's get into the second part of the Christian life. The first part is believing. Believing in a righteousness that only Jesus Christ can provide. All right? It's not faith in Christ and works, faith in Christ, you know, and subtraction, faith in Christ. And my mother's a great, my, my great-grandmother was a saint. It's nothing addition. God has no grandchildren. You have to receive Christ on your own. Now let's talk about the second one. And would you stand with me? We're going to talk about belonging in the church. And I'm going to ask Janelle, if you'd put up Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, please. Ephesians chapter 2. And I'll read the odd verses, and you can read the even verses with me, okay? Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners to God, all right? This is talking to believers who have a righteousness. You're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household or the church of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, he's the head, in whom the whole building, the church, being fitted together, grows into a holy what? A temple of the Lord. This is us. Together we're a holy temple. Verse 22, in whom... You also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Amen. Remain standing. Father, help us, Lord, to know how important the church of Jesus Christ is in our lives, in our marriage, and our families. Lord God, I pray, Father, you would help me to preach your word in an understanding way that the seed would lodge on good soil today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated, please. Belonging in Christ's church. It's important that we understand we not only need a righteousness of God through Christ, through faith in Christ, but we also need the church of Jesus Christ. Many people fail to remember that when Christ was alive on the earth, he did not come back to revamp Judaism. He did not come back to revamp the Jewish way of serving God. He started something brand new called the church. The Greek word for church is ekklesia, and it means called out ones. And one of the false demonic doctrines in the church of America today is, oh, just Jesus and me, oh, just Jesus and me. There's no Jesus in you. You're not a church. You need at least two people to be a church. And don't you believe you and Jesus is enough? Because if it was, Jesus wouldn't have left behind the church. Don't be deceived. So many people think, I want Jesus, but I don't like the hypocrites in the church. Well, there's no better place for hypocrites than in the church of Jesus Christ. How don't you think we're going to get saved? How don't you think we're going to get sanctified? How don't you think we're going to get right with God? All right? People forget sometimes how important it is to belong to the church. Let's go to the next scripture. 
Paul was writing to the Ephesians and he was telling the husbands how to love their wives. And he said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And what? Who did he die for? The church. Not just you and Jesus by yourself. You need to remember this. It's a false doctrine that trips people up. God knew that you would need a bigger family outside of your family if you're going to make it in this life and get to heaven. And that's why he, not me, I didn't create the church. Thine is the kingdom, and thine is the power, and thine is, it's not me. And thank God for the church, amen? And he's the head of the church. And one day he's coming back for the church. And he's going to have a marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. And we're going to feast. How many like going to weddings and wedding receptions? The best wedding reception of all time is going to be in heaven with Jesus and his church. Don't criticize the church of Christ. You might not go up with Christ. All right? He's here for the church. The Holy Spirit is maturing the church. Go to the next scripture. This is the Living Bible. It makes it a little bit more pointed. And Paul says, For you are members of God's own family, the spiritual family. And he says, read it with me, And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Now I understand there are some people watching. There are some people that are seniors and they can't get out to church and everything else. But if you have the legs and the life to get out to church, you belong in God's household. I didn't say that, but I will not apologize for what the Word of God says either. You belong in the church. Why do you belong in the church? Well, because the church is Christ's body extended. Jesus said, the works that I do, greater works than you, you shall do than these when I go to the Father in heaven. The church is the ministry of Christ. The church continues the work of Christ, and that's why you're to be here to keep the ongoing work of Christ going to the ends of the earth. Amen? Plus, when someone says, why do you go to church? Why do you spend time at the church? Why do you serve at the church? Why do you give money to the church? You need to know why. Don't say, because the pastor told me to. All right? You need to know why. Why? Does Jesus want you committed to a church? Do you know the difference between someone who attends a church and someone who is committed to the church? Once upon a time, there was an animal farm. And two of the leaders on the animal farm was a chicken and a pig. And the animal farm was run by a farmer who was a single farmer. He was not married. And one day, the chicken said to the pig, you know, our farmer is so good to us and such a wonderful farm. I think we should do something for the farmer. The pig says, what did you have in mind? Well, why don't we make him breakfast? He doesn't have a wife. He's short on time. And we know how he likes a hearty meal. The pig says, that's a splendid idea. What shall we do? Well, the chicken scratched his head and says, well, I know he likes eggs. I can give him eggs. He says, well, what else would he like? The chicken scratched his head and says, well, I know he likes ham. And the pig, knowing what he was saying, saying, you do know there's a difference between 
you giving and me giving, the chicken goes, what do you mean? The pig says, you're given a contribution. I'm given a full commitment. That's the difference between an attendee and someone who's committed to belonging in the church of Jesus Christ. All right? One who attends is a spectator. One who is committed is a participator. One who attends is a consumer. One who commits is a contributor. You with me? The difference between one who attends and one who is fully committed is the difference between a man living with a woman and a man being married to the woman. What is the word? Commitment. That's what Christ wants. He wants that from us. And so I want to talk to you today about that. And before I do, I want to tell you how grateful I am of all the people of Evangelical Christian Church of Waterbury, Connecticut, we have so many committed people in this church. Roger said it, through COVID-19 and the worst of it, people contributed, people came in and served still, people still participated in ministries, gave their time and of their talents. And this is a wonderful church, and I'm grateful for it. We're a biblical church. But I want to help you understand that God has created in the human five emotional needs that you will never be a complete person until you get those needs met. And God has also created the church of Jesus Christ to be the avenue of how to fulfill those five emotional needs. Now, some of these emotional needs overlap. They can be spiritual needs too. And I'm going to talk to you when you belong to a local church, let me tell you something. The epistles that Paul and Peter and James and John and all the people, the apostles wrote in the New Testament, they were all written, written to a local church. People say, I belong to the church worldwide. No, you need to belong to a local church. And only then can you really experience the blessing. God created the church for two reasons. He created it for his glory, and he created it for your benefit. And I'm going to tell you the benefits today as you will listen to me, all right? So let's go to be benefits of belonging to Evangelical Christian Church, why you belong in a local church. This church may not be the church you want to be a part of. Find a church. If you don't really care for the pastor's ministry, the pastor's shepherding, find a pastor that you care about and that you can submit to. That's the important thing, all right? And so let's get into these five benefits and how they, they really parallel the five emotional needs that you need met in your life. Number one, all right? Belonging to a local church helps me to focus on God. Because life is a rat race, and life is so hectic, and life makes you forget things and confuse you. And when you live too long not being a part of a local church, you begin to have regrets in life. In fact, I came across this a little while ago. Forbes magazine, a few years back, did an article on the 25 top regrets of people in their life. I'm not going to read them all, but... 
Let me read some of them to you and how you can avoid these regrets by belonging to a church. Number one, working too much at the expense of family and friends. Losing touch with good friends over time. Not spending more time with our children. Not taking care of my health when I had the chance. You know, the funny thing about Americans, we destroy our health to make wealth, and then we destroy our wealth to get our health back. <laughs> the paradox of America. Neglecting my marriage and letting it drift or break apart. Not turning off the cell phone more and breaking my email and Facebook addiction. There's a big one, huh? Worrying about what others thought about me so much. Choosing the practical job over the one I really wanted in life. Not bearing the hatchet with a family member or an old friend. Not trusting the voice in the back of my head that says, don't do that. Don't do that. Watch out. Don't do that. Getting involved with a wrong group of friends when I was younger. Not having the courage to get up and speak at a memorial service or an important event. Not visiting dying friends before their death and not focusing on my legacy of being a better father or a better mother. So those are just a few of the regrets. And when we come to church every week and we hear the Word of God preached every week, taught every week, it brings a refocus. Even Jesus said, when you do the Holy Supper, do this in what? You know what he said? Remember, it's because you're all going to forget. <laughs> you're all going to forget. So do this in remembrance of me. We forget. It's, it's life. It's what happens in life. And so when we come to church, we go to the next scripture. It helps us to refocus on what is important. And Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Amen? That helps us to refocus sometimes and say, wait a minute, am I really loving God this way? And when we come to church, it also, in refocusing, it helps us meet the emotional and the spiritual need to worship. Let's go to the next one. Belonging to a local church meets your emotional need to worship. You have a vacuum in you, and only Jesus Christ filling that vacuum and worshiping him will ever bring you to an emotional, stable person. Now, I pastored two churches for 24 and a half years in upstate New York, in Rochester, New York. And while I was there, obviously, the Buffalo Bills was one of the favorite football teams. Now, if you know anything about Buffalo, they have a stadium with no roof. They play in the snow, in the five-degree weather. And if you look close enough on those, some of those cold days, you'll usually see five guys shirtless with big bellies, painted red, in a row, and on each one is a B-I-L-L-S. And they're up there 
in five-degree weather, worshiping the Bills. Now, I've been a Bills fan for a long time. I can tell you, no worship has ever helped them. <laughs> but you need to know that's what people do. When they don't have Christ in their life, they worship something. They worship sports. Some people worship money. They worship shopping. They worship vacations. They worship, you know, drugs, alcohol. They, they fill the void. There's a need. And when you come to church, you fill that need. In fact, Jesus said, let's go to the next one, John 4, 24. He says, God is spirit. And they that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. You don't worship him with a little idol. You don't worship him with a picture. You don't worship him with a cross around your neck. You worship him invisibly because he's an invisible God. And so he, it's a part of us. There's nothing wrong with wanting to worship. And we worship God in this church and thank God that we do, amen? And so this is a part. You know, Pentecostal church gets a little loud sometimes and, you know, that's okay to get a little loud. Longs, you know, we don't get carried away, but this part of who we are, all right? There's an emotional need. And belonging to evangelical Christian church helps you become emotionally stable when you worship Christ, all right? Number two, the second benefit of belonging to a local church, this church or some other church, is that it helps me face life's problems. Anyone got any problems today? <laughs> it helps us face life's problems not alone. It's important that you understand that. God uses the tough times that he knew life would bring our way to forge a greater faith in us and to forge a closer friendship with other people. You've often heard pastors say, people come to church for two reasons, to meet God and to meet a friend. If they meet God and they don't meet a friend, they go down to the next church where they can meet God and a friend. If they meet a friend but they don't meet God, they go down to the next church where they can meet God and a friend. That is why we try to be a friendly church here. That is why we have greeters back there to have people. And that is why it's important you understand the spiritual family in your life is important. God never intended you to live your Christianity alone. There is not one person church. The church is called out ones and we need one another we need to encourage one another because we're going to go through heartbreaks and heartaches and we need the encouragement amen i had a good friend of mine a few years back call me up crying on the phone his mother just died his father went in the hospital and his sister is a little emotionally unstable and she started telling everyone my father molested me she's 67 years old he's 80 and he's the youngest, my friend, and it was a headache. He says, I don't know what to do. I know it's not true. And then my other brother, he's a conspiracy theory. Everything's a conspiracy theory. Santa Claus, conspiracy theory. Rudolph, conspiracy theory. Everything, I have no help in my, everything's a conspiracy theory for him. And he says, I don't know who to call. I said, I'm glad you called me. Let's pray. I didn't fix his problems. I prayed with him. I prayed with him. That's what the church is about, all right? And, and great, well, let me tell you one of the great things about this church is all the uh, ethnicities and the cultures we have. 
Yesterday we had a good time of uh, fellowship over at Herman's. In fact, what you need to know is one of the things about belonging to the church is that it, uh, it meets the, you know, the emotional need to belong. We'll get to that in a second. Let's put the scripture up there first. This is what we are to do as brothers and sisters in a church. Therefore, let's read it together. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. I mean, that's important. I often say, when you come to church, look around to see who doesn't have a smile on their face. They may have had a worse week ever, and you might be the only one to discern that to go over and encourage them, to give them a hug, to say, hey, how you doing? Go to the, uh, the emotional need. Belonging to a church, a local church, meets the emotional need to belong. How many know God has put in us, every one of us, a desire to belong? To belong somewhere. Now let me tell you one of the blessings and one of the challenges of our church. All right? One of the blessings of our church is we have a lot of strong families in this church where they have not been touched by divorce. They have strong marriages. They have strong children. And these strong families have some great values where, you know, every weekend they get together, they have meals, and they just rely on one another. It's wonderful. It's passed down. But one of the challenges of that is those who've been touched by divorce, they, they are single children or they, they're all spread out and everything else. And you know what? They, they can't always understand those stronger families and cultures. So you don't criticize them. You look for your other brothers and sisters in this church and you belong with them. Amen? Don't criticize someone because they have a strong family. But you find those that aren't. My, my family's all spread out. You know, my, my parents are in Syracuse. My brother's in Vegas. I got a, I got a brother and sister in Michigan. I got, you know, one in, in uh, New Jersey. I don't have a strong family here. I got the spiritual church. That's it. I need that. And I don't criticize people that have good marriages and good strong. Don't do that. Just find the people where you belong. I was alluding to uh, yesterday we had a prayer meeting over at Herman's. And uh, what a group we had there, belonging and fellowship. And we had African-American, Canadian-American, Czech, Sicilian, Italian. And if you think that was bad, throw in that mix, Tony the Tiger. <laughs> and we had a wonderful time. We prayed, we celebrated the Holy Supper, and... We fellowshiped, and we ate, and we belonged, and we ate, and we prayed, and we ate. And we did what a local church is supposed to do. Now, sometimes you can't do that, you know, right after church. But let me tell you something. You can stay as long as you want Sunday after church as you want. You can stay here and greet and fellowship and do whatever you want. All right? We may give you the keys to lock up, but you can stay. Because that's what a church is supposed to do. It's supposed to fellowship. We're, we're supposed to do that. And God wants us to do that. Go to the next scripture, please. Rejoice. 
with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Someone once said, as an insult to the church, Christians do better weeping with those who are weeping than rejoicing with those who rejoice. That means when a brother or sister gets a promotion, we don't always like it because we didn't get promoted. But if they have a heartbreak, we can identify. Maybe that not be true with us. May that not be true with us. When one of us is promoted, it is a blessing on the whole spiritual family. Amen? It's important that we understand that. Now I close with this. The church is to be a family that cares for one another. We are a spiritual family. Some of us are blessed to have good physical families. Some of us are not blessed to have good physical families. So we need the spiritual family. We're to be that spiritual family. All right? Belonging in the local church is so important because someone, I, I don't know who it was, but some pastor went through the whole New Testament and he found out there was 58 commandments in the New Testament that you cannot obey unless you're in a local church. 58 commandments in the New Testament that it is impossible to obey unless you're in a local church. Now, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to share some of them as we close today. I'm going to ask, put that up there, okay? You can't do this in front of a television, amen? Now, I can't make you obey Christ. I can only teach you the word of God and pray it falls on good soil. But let's say these together. We won't say the scriptures. We'll just say some of these, all right? Serve one another. Accept one another. Forgive one another. Greet one another. Bear one another's burdens. Honor one another. Be devoted to one another. Teach one another. Submit to one another. And encourage one another. Amen. Sometimes it's, be, it's good to be in a church and you say, Oh, pastor, that's good. Preach it. Another time, I don't like what he's saying. But you can't get up and turn the TV off. <laughs> because you might need to hear some of this stuff once in a while. Right? Now, let me close. The truth is, if you don't like the local church and you don't believe you need to belong in a local church and you don't like this one another stuff, you're probably not going to like heaven. I'm just saying. Heaven is about one another. And the church is a dress rehearsal for the glorious future that we're going to experience one day in heaven. And so, let me encourage you, find the church that you want to be a part of. And find the ministry that God wants you to continue in his absence in heaven. All right? And find the person, the circle of people that God has given you, friends and family, that I will never influence, but you will, and influence them for Christ. Be the one another. Yesterday I was on a prayer walk. I tell you about my prayer walks. And uh, I, was, I was walking 
and I saw this young family, and this guy had a, um, a boomerang. Remember those boomerangs? And uh, I was walking, and I said, the poor guy, he don't know what he's doing. He, he's doing a boomerang, and it's not coming back to him. <laughs> it's like not coming back. So I'm just walking, and I'm praying, I'm walking, and then uh, on my way back, I find out he put it in a tree. And I thought, <laughs> so he put it in a tree about 10 feet up, and he's got a six-foot stick. <laughs> so I said, oh, this poor guy, he's not too bright, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So I kept walking, and the Lord says, well, why don't you help him? Do you ever find that God speaks to you after, after you go by someone, after you criticize someone, after you... Does that ever happen to anyone other than me? So, you know, I'm probably about 100 yards past him, and I go, fine. So I start looking around for a 12-foot tree that's dead in the park, and I'm looking around, I'm looking, and I found one, and I went back. Well, you, you thought I gave the little kid and the mother a, a birthday cake. They were so excited and they got it down and I said Lord I'm sorry for my attitude but here I'm preaching on one another and I just walked by another but help me to be more sensitive that's what it's about it's not about being perfect it's not about making mistakes it's not about saying I'm sorry you know uh, sometimes you got to say that a lot but it's about humbling yourself and knowing you don't exist for yourself alone. God put you down here for others, for one another, and we need one another. And you know what? It's a joy of mine to belong to a church that has so many cultures and, and generations. Makes me happy. But remember, two parts of the Christian life. All right, I'm not going to be able to finish the other three emotional needs. We're going to do that next week. But remember, two parts of the Christian life, believing and belonging. The fact that you're belonging proves that you're believing. All right? If you think you can believe and not belong, my friend, you have a different Christ than the Bible. All right? It's Christ in you. And when you have Christ in you, you want to be his hands extended. Amen? Amen.